people in the world we live in spend their lives trying to figure out their purpose in life and their final destiny. From those two things, they get their identity. For example, if someone wants to become a famous athlete, this person will have a purpose in life that focuses on exercising a lot, submitting himself to a rigorous training discipline, along with rigorous diet, strict sleep habits, etc. All of it because this person has a destiny in mind, which is to become a world champion, maybe, to win a gold medal, maybe, standing at the top place of the podium. And it is both purpose and destiny in life from which this athlete gets his identity. Working very hard and winning a gold medal will make this person a famous athlete. And the same could be said of other purposes and destinies in life that shape people's identities. But church, this is, this is not supposed to be the way to get our identity if you are a Christian this morning. God has loved his people in a way that we don't fall into this trap. In a way that we don't have to be the best of the best to get the best identity of all. God has loved us in a way that our identity quest has been solved. Our destiny quest has been solved and our purpose quest has been solved as well. God is not expecting you to perform like an athlete, like the athlete I told you about. It is the other way around, church. He's given you identity and destiny. And as a result, you will become better and better each day. Our text this morning deals with this subject. The title of my message this morning is this, this phrase. Christian, God loves you. He's given you. And then there is going to be three things from the text that I am going to be pointing out to you. That's a weird title for a message I know. Christian, God loves you. He's given you three things. 1 John 3, 1 to 3 is going to be the ground text to support these truths that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. I have divided the text in three points. Verse 1 will deal with the identity aspect. Verse 2 will with the destiny aspect. And verse 3 with the purpose aspect. Three things that God has given us to show us his love. So please read with me. One of the first verses I want to point out from the text we just read this morning, 1 John 3, verse 1, that talks about the identity aspect. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. 
it is very easy to fall into the error, error and get our identity from what we do, from those we know, and from the things we possess. That's shaking ground, church, to get your identity from. God wants his people to have their identity rooted in a relationship with him. And not just any kind of relationship, but a father-son relationship. There is no identity in this world that can compete with this church. There is no greater way to be loved than this, to be called a child of God. Christian, God loves you. He's given you an identity, child of God. That's your identity this morning if you are a Christian. Whereas before you were called children, a child of wrath, now we are called children of God. Before, because of our sin, our identity was that of a child of the devil. Because we practice what the devil does. Now we are called children of God because we have been, we have been born of God. And as a result, we practice righteousness. And it didn't take years of hard work from our part to obtain this identity. It only took faith to receive God's Son in our life. John 1.12 says this, He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him, but to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. That's the key word. Who believed in His name. What's the result? Children of God. It is when we understand that there is no righteousness of our own to be in the presence of God, that we need the perfect righteousness that only Jesus has. When we believe in His name, His righteousness becomes our righteousness, and our unrighteousness has been put on Him when He died on the cross. It is at that moment when you believe, church, that God declared you a righteous child of God because of the righteousness of Christ that was imputed to you when you first believed on Jesus for salvation. That's the Christian identity. That's your identity this morning if you have truly believed in Him. This is what you are right now. And no one can take that away from you. Because it's not based on what you have done, but on, on what Jesus has done. The life he lived on earth, he lived on your behalf. The death he experienced on earth, he experienced it because of your sin. The resurrection he experienced is the same resurrection that you will experience because you have trusted in him. And the power of the Holy Spirit that worked in his resurrection is the same power that worked in your life when your soul was dead so that you could receive him. But this great identity church I'm talking about comes with a price, the price of rejection. 
That's what we see in the text. Therefore, expect rejection, church. That's the sub-point under my, my first point this morning. Therefore, expect rejection. That's what Jesus promised to those who are now his children. The captain of the ship was rejected. The marines will be rejected. The true son of God was rejected. The adopted children will be too. That's why the second part of the text has this warning. The reason why the world does not know us is that it, do, it did not know him. Jesus himself gave this warning to his apostles in John 15, 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Why will the world hate you, church? Because your identity. Because of your identity. It comes with new desires. To honor God, to submit to God, to love God. This kind of identity is contrary to the world's identity. The natural man despises this kind of identity you have. Every time you live out your identity, live out your identity, the watching world will get uncomfortable. Because the one that has been born of God is a new creature. Now God's children are supposed to practice righteousness. And we live in a world that doesn't celebrate that. We live in a world that celebrates the opposite of righteousness. Just like Jesus became unknown, you will become unknown by the world. They won't like you. They won't know you because they won't understand why you are like that. They won't understand why you didn't approve of abortion or gender identity, or assisted death, or same-sex marriage, or other controversial topics <coughs> that go against God's word. But you, should, you shouldn't be surprised. If you have counted the cost to follow Christ this morning, to become an adopted child of God, you must be willing to pay the price of, re of rejection because you understand that, that your identity is more precious than whatever this world may offer or take away, away from you. Grace Fellowship Church, where has your identity been rooted lately? What's, what's the thing you've been getting your identity from? Maybe you have been resisting the idea of getting rejected by the world. Could it be because you are forgetting that your identity comes with a price? What lies are you believing this morning that are promising you a degraded identity? That is worthless when we compare it with the identity God has given us in his son Jesus. Don't buy church fake identities that this world is trying to sell you. Because your identity in Christ has a better destiny than the ones this world is trying to offer you. It's very easy 
to get our identity from our accomplishments, from our job titles. It's very easy for me to get my identity from being a pastor of a church, for whatever accomplishment in ministry, for the number of people to come to church every Sunday. But the Word of God doesn't want us to fall into that trap. You only needed faith so that you could get a better identity to become a child of God. Amen, church? Christian, God loves you. He's given you a destiny to be like Jesus. That's my second point from the text this morning. This identity God has given you comes with an equally great destiny that we find in verse 2 of our text this morning. I'm going to read it for you. Beloved, we are God's children now. And, we, and what we will be has not been has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Every now and then, I get discouraged in my Christian life. Every time I look my life and compare it with Jesus' life, I don't know about you, but I get frustrated because I don't see in me what I see in him when I look at God's word. Sometimes I find it hard to believe that one day I will be like him. Does it ever happen to you, church? Or I am the only one here with lack of Christ-likeness issues. My problem when something like this happens to me is that I am trying to give an answer to the already know yet of Christian salvation that we find in the Bible. When we are already today children of God, but not yet re realize or experience all the benefits that salvation promises for God's children. We are still at work under construction, a divine work of art that is not yet completed. We cannot even imagine the glory that is in store for us. But God wants us to believe that he's more committed to our destiny than we are. That when Jesus returns, as he promised, our appearance will be like his. We will look like the children God said we are when we put our faith in his son Jesus. The reason I get discouraged at times for my unlikeness to Jesus is because I forget my identity. I forget how everything started. It was never by, by works. That's what the book of Galatians is all about. But I am so full like the Galatians at times. 
I forget truths from the Bible, like Romans 8.29 that says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. I forget truths from the text I just read from 1 John 3.2. I forget that what God called me when I first believed was the declaration of what I will look like when Jesus returns. Sometimes that is not dependence, something, sorry, that is not dependent on my performance, but on his decrees and promise. Therefore, embrace your identity. That's the sub point under my second point. Embrace your identity. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember that it was through faith, not through works. It's only when my, my identity is aligned to what God already said about me, when he declared me righteous. And when I believe texts like Romans 8.29 and 1 John 3.2 and other texts that speak the same truth, that my identity will be consistent with my destiny. My destiny church has already been GPSed by God. He programmed it. He wrote the code. You know, he, there, is, there is, for those of you who use uh, GPS apps, you know, there is, there is two, you have to fill in the blanks two times, right? The first time is location, right? God wrote that. Divine code. Eternity past. The book of life. Your name was there. The destiny. The second, the second field you have to fill in. God wrote that code. He didn't write your name there. He wrote Jesus' name. And through him, you will have a, the same destiny into his presence because of Jesus' righteousness for you. So there is no glitch. In the code. It won't happen that like when it happens when we use Google Maps or those apps. That you, 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 you fill in in the blanks and then you end up somewhere else. <laughs> well, what's wrong with that, you ask? God, God's design of salvation doesn't work like that. He's the greatest programmer of all. Of all. You can be certain that you will arrive to your destination. Amen, church? Verse 3 will show us the last thing that God has called us to display his life, his love to us. Where we will see that he's given us a purpose as well. Not only identity, not only destiny, but also a purpose in life. Let's read John, 1 John 3.3. 3. And everyone who does hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. When I am not sure about my destiny and my identity in life, my purpose in life becomes unpredictable and foggy. For people in the world, it is usually their purpose in, their purpose in life what gives them identity and destiny. 
That's the way it works in the world. But for Christians, for Christians, it is the opposite. The fact that God has given us identity and destiny sets for us a predictable purpose with real expectations and measurable results. Christian, God loves you. He's given you a purpose to grow in purity. To grow in purity. A religious man, for example, believes he becomes pure by rules and obeying those rules, right? That's what religion does to people. When Christians talk about purification, we are talking about transformation that leads to perfection. Another way to call it is sanctification. But the way God planned our sanctification, uh, our sanctification to grow in purity so that we look more and more like his children was not through obeying the rules, but through hope in Jesus. Through eyes fixed on the gospel that brought us hope. That has always been the trap for the religious person. He believes that keeping rules makes that person acceptable to God, and as a result, he can become a child of God. But the way God sees it is the other way around. We believe, then we become children of God, our destiny is secure, our identity is secure, and the same hope that saved us is the same hope that will purify us. So, the Christian obeys. There is obedience in the process, but not to merit God's favor, but because God's favor is on us. Then we want to obey. We love to obey. Our desire is now for obedience, out of joy. We read God's word and, and we delight in what is hard to obey. And many times even impossible to obey unless God's spirit is working in your heart. So the more I behold God's salvation in the person of his son, the more my heart will be inclined to grow in purity, in holiness, in holiness to become like Jesus. If you are truly a Christian, you must be growing in purity, but you cannot do it in your own strength. Therefore, keep hoping in Jesus. Keep hoping in the gospel. The gospel that first saved you continues to be the same message, the same hope that is going to help you grow in purity. When you behold Jesus, when you behold his life, when you cherish the truth from the gospel, from the book of the Bible. The more you hope in Jesus and behold his beauty, the more you behold his work of redemption for your sake, the more you contemplate his presence and seek his face, the more you will become like him, pure like he is pure. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. 
That's your anchor verse, if I remember correctly, in your website. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, do you feel kind of stuck in your purification process? Do you feel kind of you are not doing well there? Does your purpose in life look like kind of weak or uncertain this morning? Most likely, if that is true, it is because you are losing sight of your hope in Jesus. You are setting your eyes off Jesus. Instead, you are setting them on something else that is not Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, like the Bible says. You are losing sight of the gospel of your salvation. And when that happens, your heart's inclination will be to look somewhere else for purpose and hope. You need to get back and rooted on your identity and destiny. You need to behold the glory of Jesus and treasure what he's done for you to save you, the price he paid and the sacrifice he made. Then you will be able to live like someone who is pure. Like someone Paul said in Colossians 3, 1 to 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, above not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If you are truly a child of God, you can live confident of your purpose in life because of what God promises to his children. Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's a promise. It's not about you, it's about God. Accomplishing the work he began in you. Christianity is not about competing with those from the world, those purposes in life, achievements, early pleasures. It is about hope that declares you pure, purified you in time, and creates you, your soul, in the image of God. It's not about getting rich. It's not about buying a newer car. It's not about having a bigger house. It's not about competing with those who are trying to attain worldly things. It's about having contentment with what we have and setting our eyes on Jesus so that we can be purified because that's our purpose in life. That was from the first time we believed. Christian, God loves you. He's given you an identity, God's child, a destiny to be like Jesus, and a purpose to grow in purity. There is no better news 
than this. There is no greater love than this. You don't have to spend your life trying to figure out your purpose in life and your final destiny. Trying to manufacture an identity of your own for others to see. God in his love has given you all that, all that already. You just need to believe it. Continues to be about faith. Faith is demanded from you this morning. Not only when you believe the first time the gospel. You are not yet a Christian this morning. God loves you. And he wants you to come to Jesus. To receive Jesus in your life. You can have all what you have heard this morning. A better identity, a better destiny, and a better purpose in life. You just need to come to Jesus. If you come to Jesus in repentance for your sin and believe on his sacrifice on the cross, that he died for you so that you may live, that in him you are forgiven, accepted, and adopted to become God's child. If in humility you come to him this morning and receive his salvation, then you will be able to experience the kind of love you just heard about this morning. Would you come? Are you bad enough to become a Christian? Christianity is not for good people. It's for broken people, for messed up people. Is that you this morning? If so, come to Jesus. Repent from your sins. From your sinful attempts to create a man-made identity, destiny, and purpose in life. And instead surrender to his better idea of having those things aligned to his will. You do that and you will be called a child of the living God. And you will begin to experience what is to feel truly loved. So let's pray, church.